TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hi everybody, welcome back to A Change in Attitude, where we suffer the indignity of going through the Attitude Era of WWE and uh, give our thoughts and opinions on it. Um, And fortunately for me, this is not a project that uh, I have taken on my own, so you have me the pleasure of having me, Mags, and I have dragged along two cohorts through this horrible, horrible journey of 1996 Raw. Uh, with me today, uh, my good friend Tanner, the Texas gentleman. How are you, sir? Howdy, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Uh, happy to have watched this hellish pay per view. Awesome. And uh, the person that has spent the last 16 weeks or so carrying this show on her back, the the star, the draw, if you will, of, uh, of a change in, in attitude, uh, Ori, the draw. Ori, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing okay. I still don't... I'm, okay, I'm not even... It's yeah. taking on a laugh of its own. It's, <laughs> it's now out there in the ether... Uh, that you are the draw. Uh, people are accepting it. Uh, they they don't listen for me, and they certainly don't listen for Tanner and his insightful commentary. It's it's you. You're the star of the show. Really? Because I see more tweets coming out about you two than I do. Yeah, like, will they shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah, because we we, we desperately need it. That's the problem. <laughs> like like it's it's like live. You got to get the attention off of me for a little. Yeah, bit. yeah it's it's like live aid. It's charity, really. Um, so. Um, that's that's what it is. So, oh my god! So as uh, as Tanner alluded to, we got to watch a, a really top draw um, pay per view. One of the the best that the WWF put out uh, around this time. Certainly the best from September the twenty second, nineteen ninety six. That's a given. Uh, we're watching in your house ten mind games which came from uh the core state center i believe in uh in philadelphia pennsylvania with a packed attendance of thirteen thousand, which um is actually the highest attendance of all the the in-house shows that we've had so far um already do you have to hand the the peacock uh episode number um, bear with me. I will. It is so season no. two. The answer is no. I didn't have that. I at hand. did. I, I've I, got I it, actually Mags. did. I've I had it written it right. down. It's right. season two, episode five. I did have it written down. I just wasn't looking at it exactly. You had to let me flip the page. <laughs> so, um, this this event actually had a, a free for all, which uh, unfortunately we don't get now on the the, the WWE Network slash Peacock. Uh, and that free-for-all event had uh, Savio Vega uh, defend, uh, fighting against uh, Marty Ginetta. Uh, and it actually kind of led into the first match. But before we get there, we get a, a little uh, video package 
leading into uh, into the show, and we get uh, the uh, the introduction of the, the announced team, which is a uh, good old Vince, uh, Jim Ross, and Mister Perfect, who uh, is usually one of the better announcers uh, that w- that we get. Uh, we break into a, a Savio uh, uh, interview segment where he's uh, very vocal, very agitated. Uh, giving us uh, 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 both English and Spanish of how he's going to uh, whoop the ass of uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Uh, for context, he's uh, angry at Justin, not because of all the, the times we've seen these uh, face-off uh, on the road previous, but because uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw attacked him after the, the match with Marta Ginetta, and that set up a, a Caribbean strap match, which uh, is... Different to a regular strap match, I guess. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're opening the card with uh, Bradshaw versus Savio Vega in a Caribbean strap match, and the the announcement team um, uh, make it known that this is uh, this is the specialty match of uh, of uh, Savio Vega. He's never lost uh, a Caribbean strap match, uh, and we do actually get some interesting points that is not actually linked to the match per se. We get to see a. Uh, a few little intruders during this match. Um, we get uh, uh, a young upstart company from uh, from the bowels of Philadelphia uh, trying to make a, a name for themselves here. Uh, and they're uh, alluded to by the the, the announced team. Uh, I don't I don't know if they actually mentioned the company by name. Uh, <laughs> that is that is awesome. You will never know what I'm laughing at there, uh, <laughs> listener. Just that's, leave it to that, your imaginations. Like, that's a that's an old thing. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. just well, a, one day you may be privy to such such information. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, they, I don't I don't believe that they mentioned the the company by name. But it's ECW, the the company mm. that we we know from there. We get to see uh, Sandman. Uh, there's a bit of Tommy Dreamer in there, and they get uh, involved in this match uh, for for a, a little while until the the uh, the security team eject them from the building, and that mm-hmm. for me was the most interesting part of the match. This was uh, a regular by the mill uh, strap match for me. There was nothing that that made it particular Caribbean, aside from it being having Savio Vega involved. Uh, but it was um, very much a, a David and Goliath style match where uh, Bradshaw was using his strength to kind of like power through touching the turnbuckles, and we got uh, Savio using his, his his speed and his wiliness uh, to to uh, kind of counteract that. Uh, the finish comes where Bradshaw is essentially dragging um, uh, Savio Vega around the ring to touch the turnbuckles and Savio sneakily is touching them uh, behind uh, Bradshaw so when we get to the final turnbuckle and they've, they've both touched uh, three uh, turnbuckles each uh, Savio uh, tenses up the, the strap so, uh, so Bradshaw can't make the, the, last, uh, the last touch uh, Bradshaw pulls on the on the the strap, which uh, kind of catapults Savio uh, through Bradshaw, and Savio is able to to get that final touch and and win the match. Um, Ori, let's go to to you first. Uh, what did you think of the Caribbean strap match? Well, the thing that got me was um, I don't remember who it was on. Um... 
commentary, but they said that Savio Vega had never lost a Caribbean strap match, which mm-hmm. led me to wonder how many Caribbean strap matches have there actually been? And the only other one, um, I did a quick Google search. The only other one that I could find was earlier that year in May at In Your House Beware of Dog, which was In Your House 8, which was Savio Vega versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Savio Vega won that one. And so it's mm-hmm. like... Okay, so there've been one, and he's never lost. Like you're gonna throw out so, this. T- so he's mean, never it, lost this Caribbean strap match. Well, there's only been one. You know, it's not like there's been fifty of them. I mean, I like the idea of the match. I think it's a cool, you know, gimmick match. It it works. I thought it was um, a fun ending. Um, and, and it left me saying, you know, I don't know why, but it was like Bradshaw screwed Bradshaw because just the way he did that last move and unintentionally threw Savio Vega into that fourth turnbuckle and Savio got the win as opposed to, because, you know, before that, Justin's, you know, going to touch everyone and dragging Savio behind and he's touching them right after he does. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a fun match, you know, it, it. I'm hoping this is the end of that angle. You know, it seemed like it might be a conclusion. I don't know. But I don't know. It it feels like, you know, thinking of more current JBL storylines, they seem to drag those out forever. And so maybe it's not. But it was a fun match. I liked it for what it was. It had a fun ending. And yeah, it was fine. I gave it a six out of ten. I mean, that's a very middle g- down the road. G- very generous, I would say. But would you go as high as six, Tanner? I'd go as high as maybe a three. Oh, what? Jesus. Okay, so yeah, I'm a little more glad even, to have even I don't think it was that bad. It was okay. I mean, it's not like it's not like it was it was terrible, but it wasn't like oh man, like I got it. Got to have it. In fact, the the more intriguing thing that I and this is maybe maybe it's just a me thing. I don't know, but the the more intriguing thing in my mind besides the match was seeing the the ECW guys over at ringside uh, because we. I guess that I have always heard of the theory that, you know, ECW may in some ways have been propped up by WWE in more than one way. And it's not a theory. I mean, it's probably a reality. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it was like, oh, okay, well, maybe there's, maybe there's a lot more merit uh, to these claims than, uh, than what meets the eye. And, uh, yeah, I think this for me, showed further evidence of that. And, and there was a match that happened in the middle of that train of thought of mine. So, you know, it it, it, it happened. It was it was fine. The Caribbean it, it, strap match, it was, it was good. It was, it was all right. It was fine. And, and Savio Vega leaves the match still undefeated in Caribbean strap matches. Yeah, that's good. And as far as I can good tell, there's never been another one. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I mean, I, I don't blame them for maybe trying to give Savio Vega maybe like a, a specialty match of, of, of his own, you know, something that he can claim is his. Because um, he certainly don't get any towels. <laughs> just a shame yeah. that uh, they didn't revisit that more for him. Uh, but uh, I digress. No. So then after that, uh, we get a, a bit of a, a video package about the 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 bout that we're all on tenterhooks about um, Jose Lothario and Jim Cornette uh, the battle of the managers um, 
we get Jim Cornette making a lot of jokes about the age of, of, of Lothario. And then we see uh, Jim Cornette come into the ring um, to Vader's music, looking like a, a little bit like Vader, maybe a cross of Vader and Yokozuna a little bit uh, with uh, the Simon Cowell style, very high pant line. Um, but then we get a little bit of backstage, uh, some really interesting uh, uh, footage of uh, Savio Vega some getting attacked ones. yet again. Savio Vega has been in the wars in this event, and we're only we're only two matches in, uh, and he's <laughs> been he's been beat up by what looked to me like Razor Ramon and Diesel. Um, so maybe Jim Ross wasn't talking out of his ass when he said he was bringing these two guys back to the WWF. Um, we don't get to see the faces to confirm it, but they certainly were wearing uh, the ring gear of uh, of uh, through former uh, Razor Ramon and and Diesel. But that go on. I mean, we, that must be some talking so, points uh, right there. I mean, it's the best part of the show so far. Well, Max, what what makes you believe that it's not Razor and Diesel? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the fact that uh, Gorilla Monsoon said, Jim Ross, you're a fucking liar uh, last week. Um, the the fact that it's definitely not them, and I know it's not them. Uh, but but no, why, Max? Wait a minute, no. He but, said it wasn't Ke- Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Yeah, it's, it, I mean... They are there. We saw they're not the wrong, but they're not of, right. of them in the in in the gear. So yeah, I mean, I am happy to eat crow if Scott Hall and Kevin Nash turn up on tomorrow's episode of Raw. Tomorrow, obviously, being the twenty third of September, nineteen ninety six. Not uh, tomorrow, like where we've just watched SummerSlam and uh, mm-hmm. Becky Lynch uh, is there. That'd be weird if they turned up there. Uh, if they turn up, I will happily eat crow and say Jim Ross is not a dirty, stinking liar. I mean, takeovers tonight. Anything's possible. That is also true. I mean, Adam called Baba. <laughs> Uh, that's like, that'll be a throw. Of course, by the time this comes out, everybody will know what, what it, it, what's yeah, happening. Exactly. They'll already have debuted for AEW. So, so then after that, we have a uh, cornet in the in the in the ring, cutting a promo about uh, again focusing on the age of Jose Lothario, focusing on how he's uh, taught Shawn Michaels everything he knows. And then the match happened. Luckily, it was less than a minute. A uh, couple of uh, of shots from uh, Lothario, uh, an uppercut, and thank God for that, it was over. Uh, what did you, uh, Ori, make of this this epic battle of the managers, Jose Lothario taking on Jim Vader Cornet? So Cornet looked like an arsehole. 10 pounds of sausage in a five pound casing, honestly. First of all, <laughs> first that's of one all. of my favorite Americanisms. I absolutely love that saying. I mean, there's, you know, there, it's typically said a different way, but I figured, you know, sausage was probably a lot nicer, you know. Oh, I almost said something that would have been really bad. Anyway, um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, this is this ended up pretty much how we thought it was going to go, you know. Typical Cornette talking out his ass, you know, making these big claims, and Lothario comes out and whoops his butt. You know, I wasn't 
I didn't find myself as excited as I thought it I would be for a Jim Cornette beatdown, but I wasn't unim- unimpressed. This one I would give maybe a four. You know, just because oh, it, it just that was what it was. Points per, per punch. Because Jim Cornette got his butt beat, and you know I like seeing that. You, you are you you get into nice Dave territory now. Oh no! Wait a minute. Hey, I haven't said anything bad about any women. Okay. Come on now. You're over-egging the pudding there. This doesn't nah. even deserve a rate, and I don't think that... No. I would definitely not rate this. Uh, no, Tana, do you agree with yeah, uh, this, with Ori's this... assessment? I think uh, she's she's looking on the bright side for this. For this yeah, because Cornette got scene, his ass beat. Seeing the, the positives, and I don't think there's positives here to see so far. I, uh, yeah, I mean... For me personally, I, I I don't know. I can't speak for Ori and how she's she's rating these. Um, but uh, this this match, did, did I need to see it? Probably not. I mean, sure, uh, Jose Lothario did San Antonio, Texas proud. Uh, he, I appreciate that. One of your boys. Thank you for your service, uh, sir. And uh, yeah, um, you, you did a good thing here, but would would this be an all time classic or a reason for you to to to, to watch this show? Um, no, no, no. I'm I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination. No, of course not. I'm not this, trying to. This is a missable match unless you really just want to get <laughs> you, see you wanted, Cornette get the snot beat out of it. Yeah, you that's wanted all to I see wanted. you wanted to see Cornette get punched in the face, and that's yeah. that's reasonable. I guess. I mean, if, it made if that's, me feel if that's good, all okay? you want from your wrestling, this hit takes all no, the no, boxes. No, 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 no. Hang on, if, hang but on. But if you want in-ring skill and and storylines that are interesting. Maybe not. This, this is, is all I want and expected from this match. Yes, I want compelling stories. And, and I this want is why you're good the draw. wrestling. This is why you're the draw because you see <laughs> the good in this god awful bullshit, and that's I amazing. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, you have to go in with it for certain expectations. You know, for me, I'm the type of person that everything starts at a five. Everything has the capability to either blow me out of the water or become the turd in the punch bowl. A, a five out of ten, not a five out of five. Yes, correct, correct. Okay. A five okay. out of ten. Everything <laughs> starts if everything at a five. Starts off amazing. Then, yeah, every no. Everything starts at a five and has the potential to either blow me out of the water or become the turd in the punch bowl. And so the needle moves. We've been talking a lot this weekend about needle moving, but the needle moves from there. Okay, that's that's just that's how I rate things. So, you know, maybe it would be better if I started at a one and then, you know, out of five. And so if that was the case, this would be a negative three. Yeah, you know, that that sounds more plausible. But I I knew this wasn't going to be a heavy wrestling. Change your glass half full attitude. No, never. For what it really was. Never. I, I will never not be at least a little glass half full. <laughs> I will never be anything but at least a little glass half full. That's just, that's my personality. That's, that's how a, I choose to be. That is a mantra to live by. But here Thank in the you. real world, watching this match, 
It was awful. I had Screw to. your real world. This is supposed <laughs> to be fantasy. This is supposed to be have, escapism and enjoying it. But I didn't was supposed expect to be, for... If, if it was supposed to be fantasy, then you wouldn't have enjoyed a, a real-life man getting <laughs> the real-life you know, beating that he got maybe here. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Like, mm. this is this is the thing, okay? Or, or like, fake beating, rather. I don't know. I really, you know... I. I didn't expect super overwhelming, you know, <laughs> you know, blow me out of the water, compelling story and, and wrestling. It's, Jim Cornette mm. doesn't wrestle. He doesn't. Jose Clearly. Lothario <laughs> is, is well, 64. He's 64. Not five. Right. He's older every second, you know, as are we all. As we, as we all are. <laughs> right. But, you know, like, I didn't go in expecting this to be some high-flying, like, it's not going to be a Young Bucks-Kenny Omega match, you know. It's not going to be Young Bucks versus Penta L Zero and Ray Phoenix, you know. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a quick beatdown. It's going to be a squash. Jose Lothario is going to whip his butt, shut him up, and we're all going to move on to the next thing. It's... I mean, yeah. I, I I appreciate the positivity, but I also don't think we have we should have spent this much time on this this turd of a match. We've well, spent... Why are you arguing with me? Why are you trying to bring down my vibe, man? Because that's that's my role on this show. Hey, well, screw man. your role. Screw Everybody your role and shut your out, mouth. Man. Chill out. <laughs> you gotta calm down, man. Harshing my body. So let's let's quickly threw off my groove. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save ten percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's quickly move on. So we get uh, an in-ring segment again because it, it, that's definitely what you want to watch on uh, on your pay-per-views and certainly not something that could have been done on Raw. Mm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But we get Brian Pillman coming down to to the ring, and he's obviously uh, promised uh, a lot of things for this show. Uh, we get a throwback back to the the South Africa um, uh, VT where uh, Bret Hart essentially calls Brian Pillman a liar, calls Owen Hart a liar, uh, and then Pillman just essentially trashes Philadelphia, saying that uh, the the forefathers of America will be rolling in their graves, uh, that the birthplace of freedom has become uh, a cesspool of drug abuse, battered women, uh, and welfare recipients. I mean, he, he's hitting all those those uh, those uh, Republican targets there. Um, he calls the crowds uh, uh, degenerates. Uh, and then he introduces uh, the King of Hearts, Owen Hart, who uh, uh, comes down to the ring. Uh, and then they they proceed to rag on uh, on Bret Hart for 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 saying he made these claims that uh, that he would show up in in Philly and then reneged. He said that Bret uh, claimed that Owen was the best heart, that Owen was the best technical wrestler, that uh, Owen was the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, so uh, then we uh, we then uh, hear that Owen has claimed that the reason Bret Hart hasn't come back is because he's scared, and he's not scared of Pillman. He's certainly not scared of Owen. He's scared of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that brings out uh, the the 1996 King of the Ring winner um, and someone who I actually wanted to to uh, talk about on the show uh, in regards to. Her, how long it's actually been since he won that that uh, that uh, tournament? We had the whole three sixteen, and and we're now three months down the line, and we still haven't really built into this uh, this Austin three sixteen stuff. But it really starts kicking in here. Uh, we see that kind of uh, uh, that anti hero attitude when uh, he, he's calling uh, Bret Hart uh, a chicken, and then saying he's not a chicken. He's the stuff that comes out the south end of a chicken. And then we get one of uh, Austin's uh, all-time repeated classic lines. If you put the S in front of Hitman, you get his exact opinion of Bret Hart, which I think is absolutely a superb line. Um, and and uh, essentially, Austin finishes off by saying, uh, the people don't give a rat's ass about, uh, about Stone Cold, so he doesn't give a rat's ass about them. Uh, and if Bret ever does come back, he's going to get his ass whipped. And that's the bottom line. Cost Stone Cold said so. Really starting to to build that that um, uh, Austin three sixteen character. So, how do you guys feel firstly about this promo uh, and this this whole segment, and then how we've got this really slow build to uh, what will become the biggest name in in wrestling history in in Austin three sixteen? So, Tanner, uh, give us your thoughts. Um, I, I really thought that this was actually the most compelling part of the pay-per-view up to this point. Uh, very well done uh, between, obviously, Stone Cold coming out and, and doing probably the, the most legwork in terms of the promo. Um, but, obviously, uh, Owen and Brian Pillman are also very captivating characters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's it's certainly interesting to see this evolution of stone cold this early in his career. Obviously we're still a bit of a ways away from seeing that fully, uh, evolve and develop into the final product. But, um, we, we're certainly headed there. Uh, his promo ability has gotten a lot better. We're seeing him, 
uh, with the you know the the jeans and the jackets and and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this promo. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and Ori, compared to uh, the kind of fast-paced, frenetic uh, way that our storylines are, are burned through in in, uh, in modern-day WWE, uh, how do you feel about uh, this this really kind of uh, slow bubbling over of, uh, of Stone Cold and the whole kind of Austin 316 uh, thing that we're going through? Eh, I'm kind of middle of the road on it. Uh, the first thing that I noticed about this entire promo was Pillman comes out without the crutch. And then when he brings Owen out, Owen comes out without the cast. Finally, mm-hmm. finally, we've ditched dirty, nasty cast. Um, so that was the first thing that caught me. Um, but I will agree with Tanner. This was definitely the most compelling thing thus far. Um, I like the slow building of Stone Cold versus Brett. I do like that. Mm-hmm. I I like that we've gotten Stone Cold on commentary at least once, interacting with Vince and building a little bit of that character. Do I want it faster? Yes and no. Like, I would like to see him some more in the ring. I'd like to see him more, you know, taking on some people, continuing to build that um I'm the king and I'm stone cold and I'm going to take out everybody and I'm just biding my time until Owen comes back. Would I like to see more of that? Absolutely. But I don't have a problem with these slower storylines that, you know, it's like we've talked about with the Ahmed Johnson situation, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You want to see more of it. That's part Mm -hmm. of what makes it compelling. Give, give me some tidbits, give me some little something and while I think there could be more, I really like the long-term storyline that they're going with. It's, there's very few angles in modern wrestling that I find are doing these long-term storylines, you know, and I appreciate it, especially when it's not every week in mm-hmm. your face like they have been doing with Ahmed Johnson. Like the one of the most refreshing things about this pay-per-view is Ahmed Johnson isn't really mentioned at all. We don't get any updates. We don't hear anything about him. And it's like, good. Not that I don't want to see Ahmed Johnson come back, but give me a reason to to tune in. Mm-hmm. Give me a reason. Well, maybe they'll give me an Ahmed Johnson update. Maybe they'll, you know, for example, currently the one of the Biggest long-term storylines that I'm currently invested in on modern day is Kenny versus Hangman. And that has taken a back seat. And I know, especially with, you know, who we got coming into the company, CM Punk on Friday night, and everybody's been kind of, well, what about Hangman? Why are they putting Hangman on the back seat for CM Punk? You got to realize, I know exactly where this storyline started. And it was way before WWE. This has been a storyline three years so far in the making. Tanner looks confused. And if you don't know where this started, because I will you said s- WWE and not AEW. I oh, think. my bad. My bad. <laughs> AEW. My bad. We're watching so much WWE. Like, and uh, yeah, my brain's on. Look, my brain's on the E. But one You're of the good. most compelling storylines in AEW is this whole setup between Kenny the Bucks and Hangman. I know where it started. It started on BTE. It started before AEW was in its inception. I, can, I can't tell you the exact episode. But I know it was in BTE. And when we get that payoff, it's going to be huge. And I have no doubt that they're going to throw in that footage from BTE. 
Mm-hmm. And mean, to, to be fair, a lot of the early part of the storyline was was Hangman being haunted by his boots. Um, mm. So th- there are there are similarities, I suppose. To, to it's after it's Austin after that. I can I, I can tell you it's 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 after. <laughs> what where this happens where the storyline starts is after the boots before AEW started yeah, after he killed Joey Ryan right mm, he should have you know <coughs> never mind I don't killed, know killed that I, one guy that nobody ever wants to discuss ever again how about that I, I'm not gonna you know propose that that should have happened but you know could have happened <laughs> he's we'll dead move, as far as I'm on. concerned <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Adam Cole's dead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody, okay. everybody's a liar, and everybody's dead. <laughs> so uh, after after this uh, promo, Owen Hart makes his way to the back, and we get clips of a uh, of uh, Mark Henry um, looking around the famous sites of Philadelphia, breaking uh, the golden rule of reaching over the velvet rope to touch the Liberty Bell. We get Vincent Mann with a classic line. If you're 400 pounds and like six foot five, how do you get round town? By horse and cart, obviously. <laughs> yeah, because that's a thing. Um, so then we are uh, given more backstage footage where uh, a very wounded, uh, injured, um, kind of out of it, Jim Corner is uh, is getting treatment uh, on the on the um, on the the table, and we see. Clarence Mason trying to uh, force Jim Cornette to sign something. Um, we we kind of uh, uh, get uh, an alluding to to what that is uh, when when we come to the next match, which is uh, for the tag team titles, uh, the Smoking Guns uh, champions out first, which is something that really kind of uh, boils my piss. I really hate the fact that the champions are, are the uh, are the secondary factor in this, uh, but we do see a little bit of a dissension. Pretty much from the from the entrance going onwards, where uh, Bart is walking way ahead of uh, of Billy and Sonny, uh, and Bart's yelling back at, at Billy to to hurry up and be more focused instead of uh, instead of being infatuated with with Sonny. And then we get the reveal of a new uh, Sonny poster, which uh, has been uh, has been digitally altered by uh, uh, besmirched. But it's been besmirched. That is defaced. Correct. Uh, uh, I think they blame Owen Hart, but there's a uh, there's no evidence to to say it was him. Um, and then we get Owen Hart coming out uh, with his uh, tag team partner, uh, the British Bulldog, and uh, in tow uh, Clarence Mason. Uh, I assume he's uh, the new the new manager. Mm. Um, so the whole kind of uh, theme of this match was. Uh, was that uh, Billy and Bart were certainly not on the same page, whereas the the heel team, uh, the brothers-in-law at this time, uh, were were looking to uh, to strip them of the titles, and essentially that's 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 what happened. Um, we get new champions, and uh, we also get a breaking up of of, uh, of at least of management when uh, when Sonny essentially ditches. Uh, the smoking guns puts them in their place and and basically tells them that they're fired. Mm. Um, so Tana, what did you think of uh, this this quality quality tag team match? 
Um, yeah, I was super happy for for Owen and, and Bulldog. I've been I've been really bummed out <laughs> about the smoking guns recently. Happy about Sunny, but bummed out about the smoking guns. Um, you know, it does it does lean into um, you know them seeing something in Bart, uh, not Bart, Billy. They, I, <laughs> I, you know, they they, they <laughs> we'll we'll talk about Bart in next year's uh, a change in attitude episodes. Uh, oh, a, a lot that's more. a doozy. Yeah. That's definitely something to keep keep invested in. Oh my! Yeah, the, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm ready for that part. Uh, 1997 Raw, but yes. for, for now, uh, Billy Gunn. Uh, it looks like he's he's the one that uh, that WWE wants to take solo here. And ironically, you know, he's, one of his characters is the one Billy Gunn. It is. It is. Uh, I'm glad you caught that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> because it was totally meant that was an Easter egg. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, I, I'm interested to see uh, where Owen and Bulldog go with these titles here. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun, and hopefully, we'll get uh, some some more competitive matchups because uh, Owen and Bulldog are both great. Mm-hmm. And Ori, where where do you think uh, this this leaves uh, the smoking guns? Uh, obviously, with uh, Sonny, she was kind of the glue that held them together. Uh, she was the person that that helped them win gold. Uh, and when she calls them uh, essentially no good cowboy wannabes, um, do you think that this is the end of the smoking guns as we know it, or can they regroup uh, and and prove Sonny wrong? I don't know. Like, it, first of all, I don't think this was a great match. It it wasn't terrible, wasn't great. Just five dead center. It, it it was what it was. Um, I will correct you on this though. They did not reveal the poster until after Owen and Davy Boy had come out, and oh, there was literally just... writing on it that says "To Owen and Bulldog," and so mm. it kind of alludes to the fact that. You know, they did deface it. Yeah, I mean, or maybe I, she did it herself. It was set up, maybe bought it. That's possible. Well, mm-hmm. see, we have a we have maybe a, she's a just too afoot. maybe she's just too focused on her new client Farouk and wants to move on anyway. So she's mm-hmm. trying to create the dissension to potentially break away from them, cause them some distraction, at least mentally, so they're not as focused on the match, therefore causing them to lose so that she can fire them and move on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's all kinds of conjecture we can make here. But, I mean, I don't know. You didn't like the match? I didn't not like the match. Mm -hmm. I didn't overly like the match. I thought the ending was... was Pretty unique in, in wrestling. How uh, we got the uh, the dissension, uh, and essentially it was uh, Bar and, and Billy in, in in a shoving contest, which leads to uh, the the power slam. Um, and then one one thing that did throw me was it looked like Billy did like a sneaky kind of a, a tag, but it was never kind of a, uh, brought up, and he, he didn't really kind of attempt to capitalize on it. Uh, but then we we get the win with. Uh, with Bulldog getting the the pin, I like Owen and Bulldog as a tag team. Um, uh, I think they do some really good work. And, and Owen, he, he, for someone who is in a lot of thrown together tag teams, I think he thrives in that position and, and really kind of like does well to bounce off his uh, off his um, uh, tag team partner. So yeah, yeah I think we've, we've got good things to come from uh, this uh, this tag team of, of Owen and, uh, and and Bulldog. I'm just concerned that. Um, 
maybe the the smoking guns their time may be up. But I mean, we've said pretty much from the beginning that Billy's the one that's really pulling it out for the two. I mean, there was a match between um, Bart and somebody, and it just there was no ring general there. I don't even remember what match it was, but, which is a bad, you know, probably a bad thing. It was the, it it, was the match where. Um, Billy was uh, holding his opponent on the ropes and, and Bart was meant to do the leapfrog and he doesn't do it. And then No, Billy... no, no. It was a singles match. Oh, it was it was uh Ahmed Johnson and Bart. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it was. It was Ahmed Johnson and Bart, and there was no ring general. It was like the blind leading the blind. I mean, we've said from the beginning that Billy, you know, of course we know how Billy's gonna turn out anyway, but like Billy was definitely the breakout star of the two. So the fact that the smoking guns might be breaking up, you know, because they couldn't get on the same page and now Sonny's fired them, you know, as clients, like, okay, go for it. Like, I'm not, I'm not overly invested in them together as a tag team. Yeah, I mean, I I can totally see that that mindset, and uh, we know as now Billy's still in the wrestling business, and and Bart is is long gone, so it's quite clear who was the was the star of that show. Uh, but then we go to uh, an interview with with Paul Bearer uh, and uh, potential uh, uh, potential guest of the show, Kevin Kelly. Fingers oh. crossed. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Maybe one um, day we can hope. Yes, and um, essentially this is uh, this is just to to uh, to promote the upcoming match. Uh, he, uh, Paul Barry says that Mankind's going to be the WWF champion. Mankind said that uh, Uncle Paul has told him it's his destiny to hear uh, Shawn Michaels scream, and that uh, Mankind is going to cuddle his heavyweight title. Uh, and then we get. The, another match that we've been dying to see, um, Jerry Lawler taking on uh, the uh, fresh Olympian, Mark Henry. Um, again, we get uh, Lawler doing his typical kind of heelish insults. Um, then out comes Mark Henry. Um, this match is what it is. You can tell that Mark was still ever so green in the wrestling business, and this was uh, essentially to build off his uh, popularity coming uh, off the Olympics, and he certainly wasn't uh, ready to be a full-time wrestler. Saying that, he he was able to pull off some very, very basic moves, uh, uh, used his power to uh, to um, uh, dominate uh, Lola. We got a, a cool press slam. Um, we got Vince again excited about just how uh, beefy Mark Henry's legs are, which is uh, quite awkward. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> essentially, we then we get the finish where uh, um, Mark Henry has um, has uh, Jerry Lawler in, in almost a torture rack kind of position with a, a backbreaker style submission, uh, and he uh, he picks up the victory. Um, what do we think of the match, uh, Tanner? Yeah, um, it's interesting that you bring up Mark Henry's measurements being spoken about here because uh, 15 years later, uh, they would actually do the same thing at Money in the Bank 2011 between him and Big Show. They would compare the size of these two men by their their thighs and their their foot size. Um, Interesting ways of judging a person, I guess. Um, But nonetheless, (laughs) we have, uh, you know... 
I'm not going to call it a decent enough match, but I think I got out of this match maybe what Ori got out of the uh, Jim Cornette and uh, Jose Lothario match. I, th- I thought that this was um, an interesting debut. It was the right person uh, for, for Mark Henry to go up against because everybody wanted to see Jerry Lawler get shut up. And, uh, yeah, Mark Henry puts uh, Jerry Lawler uh, across his shoulder and breaks his back, and everybody went wild. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what more could you want out of this? In fact, I, I, I'll, I'll make a hot take right now. I actually preferred this version of Mark Henry's offense compared to maybe some of the stuff that we saw him doing later on in his career. I think keeping it, keeping his, keeping it to the basics is, is my point. Keeping it to the basics and just being a strong man, I think, suited him quite well here. So you, you're not a, a sexual chocolate fan. <laughs> say. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get to sexual chocolate with Mark Henry. Or oh, uh, your your thoughts on uh, Mark Henry's debut win here in the in the WWF, and we uh, we haven't even mentioned his get up. Um, could it be more American? Hmm, I don't think no. so. Uh, He's no. literally wearing a flag. He he could pretty much you know had some apple pie with him uh, <laughs> and maybe, an eagle yeah, on his maybe, shoulder. Yeah, helped a, a grandmother across a, a street. Uh, you know, as he made his way to the ring, I think there, there could have been a rescue lot of, a cat out of a tree. Yeah, he could have. You know, uh, uh, hit a home run for the Yankees. Right. As Mags wanted to talk about the Yankees earlier uh, on a separate <laughs> show, um, but yeah, he could have, he could have done all those things and would have qualified as being more American, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about this match as I did Jose Lothario and. And Jim Cornette, honestly. I mean, I feel like King put him over. He did. He's obviously green. He's greener than my hair at this point, you know. And, but the few moves that he did, like, obviously somebody worked with him just to get those basics down. And he took advantage of it. He did really well. I thought he looked good. Um, after the match, we had supposedly um, King's cronies. Come yeah, out. Um, we had Leaf Cassidy. There's, there's no real explanation as to why these these wrestlers want to attack Paul Mark Henry. Um, but yeah, essentially the the new rockers come out and get a whooping. Uh, Triple H comes out and uh, and gets a whooping as well. He ends up being actually uh, uh, press slammed on top of the the the, the rockers. Uh, and Vince in in all this is is. Is getting so excited that maybe he was making ranch dressing. Who giddy knows? with delight, just absolutely giddy with delight, you know. And the only thing that, you know, King's a heel. We know at this point potentially. We know Triple H is going to end up a heel multiple times over his career, um, and he's kind of reading as a heel right now. Even though whatever's going on with him and Mister Perfect, which has not been alluded to at all. Um, so we still don't know if that storyline is continuing or if it's just gone the way of the dodo, so to speak. Um, so maybe this is because uh, the new rockers are helping out King. This is a heel turn for them. You know, it's it's a little confusing. It's a little muddled as to why they're all there. But it still served its purpose to show off Mark Henry, despite how green he is despite how new he is, make him look good. Everybody sold well. Yeah, it it was, like I said, I feel the exact same way about this one. It did what it needed to do. I had, did not have huge expectations for it. I did not expect, you know, 
big, massive, compelling storyline that would go on for 10, 15, 20 minutes. It's mm-hmm. quick match, in and out, did what it needed to do, done. I mean, you've, you've absolutely nailed it with, with that uh, very succinct description. Uh, so after that, we get a, a little bit of announcement that uh, the main event for the next uh, In Your House would be... Uh, a buried alive match, which is ironic considering the next in your house was called Buried Alive. Uh, and it kind of telegraphed uh, the results, maybe, of, of the upcoming matches because it was The Undertaker versus Mankind, still continuing that that uh, feud from a, a couple of uh, shows ago. Uh, but we then lead into uh, the, the, the core main event, if you will, the final curtain match. Uh, a cool little promo video about how uh, Undertaker and Goldust are, are both masters of man games. Um, sure, of course you are. Um, mm. So yeah, we get the 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 final call match. Um, I, it was as good a match as as you are going to get from uh, from uh, uh, Taker and Goldust. I thought it was a um, a very clean, crisp match. I don't kind of understand. The, the the point of the uh, of, of the stipulation the final curtain match because the, it just looked like a, a regular match to me uh, it, it certainly went down like a regular match um, we saw Goldust with his shiny uh, wrestling gear on the uh, the very kind of exposing uh, kind of his ass eating half of the ring gear um, um, uh, uh, ring gear whatever i mean it was not it was not good to look at uh we see um uh marlena get involved a couple of times there's a point where she actually uh, slaps the undertaker which is a uh, uh very very rude uh but mm-hmm. yes yeah, so this was a it was a, a a decent match uh lasted just over 10 minutes uh typical finish where we get a, a chalk slam uh, and then a tombstone and then uh match over so tana uh, how do you feel about this being the end of the the Undertaker versus Goldust, the final curtain? Uh, thank God, thank God. <laughs> this uh, look, I'll I'll get into my feelings more here in just a second. But to, to answer something that I think you brought up that's quite interesting, um, I, I was also kind of wondering, well, what's the deal with this being called the final curtain? And and the more that it kind of the more that I looked at the cards this week here, obviously, this as the time of this recording, this is SummerSlam weekend, and we have you know the um, what what is it being called the the undisputed uh, end or the undisputed finale match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly going on, um, and then you could also look at like the um, uh, like the the what was the title of the last match that Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano had? One final beat. The final beat match. Like, it's it's these little, these little I think it's just a little title that they're giving this here to, to Undertaker and, and Goldust. I don't think it really means anything. I don't know <laughs> if there's, like, it, it's not an actual match type, as you alluded to. I mean, there's I nothing mean, happening here that's we, we do ordinary. get Yeah, we do get a little bit of pre-match uh, talk from the, the commentary saying that this is essentially the only way to win is pin fall uh, that there's going to be no disqualifications and count out but then when we get to the match we see uh tim white the referee doing count outs and and threatening disqualification so it kind of like it made this a regular match uh, yeah. f- at least for me 
yeah, I mean, I'm feeling the exact same way. They, they, um, the, the signals weren't made very clear here. Um, and, and maybe that is part of why I feel the way that I do about this match. Um, for me, what this does, and this is, again, not against The Undertaker, and it's not against uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes, but uh, this is uh, this continues to solidify my opinion that The Undertaker's second half of his career was far superior to, to, to the first half. Um, I didn't find this to be anything special, anything out of the ordinary. I feel as though it was just a, hey, this is Goldust and Undertaker. They're blowing off their feud. And, and and that's it. Like that's that's all I really felt out of this match. And maybe that's overly harsh. If it is, that's your problem. Uh, but I felt like this was Tana doesn't care. <laughs> I thought this was about as average as you could get. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, how did you see this uh, this uh, final curtain match? Were you uh, were you happy with the blow off? Uh, did it go down like a damp squib? Uh, give us your thoughts and opinions on it. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it's over. I'm ready to move on. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It was a gimmick match without an actual gimmick. It, it was a quick squash to just move on and be done with it. And and I'm ready for that because they've convoluted this storyline between Taker, Paul Bearer, Goldust, and Shawn Mankind. So, yeah, throwing Shawn Michaels into the mix, the whole nine yards, so much that it's like I, I'm not – I'm not sure what's what and where and how it's 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 there's too many chefs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think we mentioned that a couple of uh, shows ago, how uh, it seems Taker, Mankan, Markles and Goldust have all been flipping between different storylines and we've got no kind of a no conclusion to any of them. Uh, and it, it just seems a, a little bit convoluted. So um, I'm definitely a, along the same lines as you two. As uh, it would be, it'd be good if this was the end. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels feels like a supporting character in all of it because really mm-hmm. and truly, it's more mankind taker, and then Paul Bearer, and then you've got Goldust and Marlena is somehow involved, but we're not really sure how. It's 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 too much. It's mm-hmm. and, and not enough of it makes sense to justify it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and Shawn Michaels is just an afterthought to me. Yeah. You know, and, and and as champion, he should be front to center. Right. You know, and I get you know they want to have mankind versus uh, Shawn Michaels in this match, and that's fine. I'm fine with the match, but when you've got all this other stuff going on. And like, if they could have left the entire Goldust Marlena portion of it out, if they could have been done with Undertaker versus Goldust already, then it probably would have been fine. I, I wouldn't be so confused. So, what the frick is going on? You know, it would it, it have been fine. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm get it back to the whole oop, the whole Goldust. Um, Undertaker, not Goldust, Undertaker, Mankind, Undertaker, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, hopefully now we've got Goldust and Marlena out of the picture and Shawn Michaels can go and focus on other things, you know, depending on the outcome of the next match. And we get back to the crust of Paul Bear, Mankind, Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And that's a great segue into uh, the main event. And, and, and for me, 
uh, far and away the best match on on this card. Uh, if you're ever going to um, to torture yourself to watch this event, just watch this one match because it's it's actually really really entertaining. Uh, we get a, a a promo with a friend of the show, Kevin Keller. Uh, he's interviewing uh, Shawn Michaels backstage, and <laughs> this is actually a re- for me. It's a really refreshing uh, promo by Shawn Michaels because. It sounded really, really genuine. Like it, it, it didn't come off as the typical uh, WWF. Uh, I'm going to beat his ass uh, and walk out Victoria style promo. This was Shawn Michaels concerned about how he uh, can approach this match when you've got uh, someone as 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 psychotic and as crazy as Mankind. Um, how do you play mind games with someone like Mankind? And then he also speaks about how. He doesn't know what's going on in his own head, so how can Mankind play man games with him? Um, and, and Vince kind of alludes to that this makes Shawn Michaels sound like he's a little bit nervous. Uh, but we do get Shawn saying he's going to do what he does best, and that's uh, think on the job and do whatever it takes to uh, come out of this match um, as the winner. Uh, and then we cut back to the ring and we're seeing a, a casket being brought down, very reminiscent to uh, the Undertaker's uh, um, uh, kind of entrances. And it's uh, Mankan in the casket and he pops out and uh, uh, Shawn Michaels comes out with uh, with uh, the, the slayer of Vader Cornet, Jose Lothario and uh, Vince... <laughs> Vince loves himself a little bit of Shawn Michaels. He was probably more excited about this match than than the actual crowd was. Um, but again, like I said, this match for me was uh, was by far the best match. Uh, a great kind of um, almost greatest hits of, of what these two uh, these two wrestlers could do at the time. Um, a lot of kind of a, a solid. Uh, groundwork uh, mixed in with a, a lot of uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, who, who uh, is really good at the the, the half line action stuff, um, and yeah, essentially this is a, a, a really really good match to watch. Twenty five uh, or so minutes uh, um, uh, long, and Shawn Michaels uh, ends up uh, being the the winner by disqualification. Uh, uh, Vader coming out to. Uh, to uh, essentially interrupting the match, kind of building off what happened at, at SummerSlam. Um, Tanner, give us your thoughts on uh, on Michaels versus uh, versus Mankind. Uh, yeah, this was far and away the best match on the card. Like, like if we're using this this ten scale that we've been you know going back to, um, yeah, I would say this is this is probably about an eight, uh, maybe maybe even an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this was excellent storytelling from start to finish between Michaels and Mankind here. Uh, yeah, just just wonderful stuff. And 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 interestingly enough, I would I would even go as far as saying for for a match that ends in a DQ finish, like normally those are you know kind of go down very poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this here, I think it was it was actually done very very well. Uh, so so props to these two here. Uh, for putting together a, an excellent match, despite the convoluted storylines that we've alluded to, I thought this was just fantastic. 
Yep, I totally agree with you. And I think that, uh, as you as you said, then the the DQ works in this because there's still more movie parts. This isn't just about Michaels versus Mankan. We've uh, got the 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 fact that we we've Undertaker and Mankan still to come an uh, uh, upcoming pay per view. So we've still got uh, that looming uh, in the end of the match, and, and we actually uh, uh, get to see that when Undertaker uh, appears from the from the casket. Um, to to really kind of sell that this is the next feud coming uh, coming on for 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 Mankan, and then obviously there's the stuff with uh, with uh, Shawn Michaels and, and Vader. Still looks like there's uh, there's things to happen there. Uh, or how did you uh, find this match? How do you, how's it compare with the rest of the card? And and uh, what's your thoughts on uh, what's coming up for for the WWF out of this? I will say I thought during the Shawn Michaels promo t- saying that he has nothing going on upstairs was just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, so you don't have a brain cell just popping around, bouncing off the walls like Pong. Okay. All right. I mean, it it, it almost lays into that himbo type mentality, which I guess really works for Shawn Michaels, you know, but um I thought it was good. There were some confusing points in the match, like after Shawn Michaels put Mankind um, in a submission move and apparently, I guess, numbed his knee. And Paul Bearer hands him something and he starts stabbing his knee with it. Like, what is that, a pen? Like An, I, an EpiPen, probably. He may have been having anaphylactic shock in the knee. From a submission? Oh, I mean, unless he's allergic to all the damn glitter that was still in the ring from the match before. (laughs) like It's a possibility. That's another one of those things where it's just, I'm so glad they clean up in between matches now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm. because honestly, I literally have a note that Shawn Michaels is a hair's breadth away, just a little bit more glitter and he'll be a Twilight vampire. Like, it's just so... It's everywhere. It's all over his chest. It's all over his face. It's all over. I mean, it is friggin' everywhere. Glitter is the herpes of the gra- uh, craft world. Just, it's horrible. You'll find glitter for millions of years to come. But it, it, I thought overall the match was good. Um, I thought it was interesting that we had a Vader run in. And then once Sean gets Vader back out of the ring, Sid comes in and attack him, which if you didn't watch the pre-show, like we weren't able to, it's a little convoluted. So thank you, Mags, for giving us that information beforehand. Um, But I mean, we, at the same time, we know that, you know, Sid has had um, Sean Michaels back for a while now since uh, international incident. And so in a way it makes sense, but in a way it's still kind of, eh, um, I thought the the reviving of mankind by turning the urn upside down was very strange. Interesting concept, but strange. And then, of course, we got Undertaker popping out of the casket, you know, and that led to him chasing, you know, attacking mankind, chasing him and Paul Bearer out of the arena. And then you know, getting that DQ win. It was a very interesting finish. It was a good match. Um, there were a lot of great spots. Um, the table, you know, putting uh, Shawn Michaels through that table, both of them going through that table was just crazy. Um, some spots on the, the not the apron, but on the floor with pulling up the mats, running into the, the, st- the steel steps. Um, 
yeah, it was a really it was a really good match. I really enjoyed it. And it was definitely one that I would suggest that if you really feel like going back and watching this pay-per-view, definitely watch this match. It was good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we got a whole shot of Shawn Michaels showing his ass tattoo off to the crowd. I don't know what that was about. Sometimes you just got to show it. Yeah. I mean, that happened on AEW this week where we got uh, to see Big Show's ass. So why not a little bit of Shawn Michaels' ass? I mean, but that I mean, made sense. The, they're showing the off his they're showing <laughs> off his scars, so that makes sense. I mean, we saw more of Jungle Boy's ass Friday night. We saw his whole ass Friday night on Rampage. I was like, that was not what I was expecting, nor was I ready for, nor did I need it. And yeah, it happened. Um, but um, let's go around the horn now and uh, and kind of give an overarching opinion on uh, on on this show. And seeing as we've gone with the whole kind of a out of ten um, uh, ideology, uh, let's give it a rating uh, as a, a pay per view as a whole. So Tana, uh, what are your overarching thoughts on this pay per view and uh, and and a score? Uh, I would say that there, there are parts of the show, uh, that are more enjoyable than maybe, uh, prior pay-per-views that we've covered. Uh, and there, there are some other parts that I could have certainly done without. Um, there are things from the ridiculous, like the Razor Ramon and Diesel, uh, backstage beating up of, uh, <laughs> attacking rather of Savio uh, Vega. Poor, poor Savio. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the way through, you know, uh, like I said, Mankind and Shawn Michaels being excellent. Uh, there, there is a lot of average stuff, uh, or maybe even below average stuff here. Uh, on this card, though, uh, which I have to take into effect, but or take into account, but um, I, I would give this probably as a rating, and I think the main event really, really helps. If you're going to watch the show, you should really watch it for the main event. There's the iconic in- entrance that Mankind has. Shawn Michaels is obviously great, and Mankind's um, in, in more than one way, surprisingly, one of the best. Uh, guys that Shawn Michaels has faced in terms of this run mm-hmm. this run here. They've got excellent chemistry with each other, uh, which you wouldn't think about that at first, but it makes it does make a lot of sense once you see the match. Um, overall rating, again, I'm going to probably go for a 6.5 out of 10. You know, 6.5 wow. out of 10. As, yeah. as high as that. Um, yeah. That's great. that's almost in Ori levels of positivity. Uh, so, Ori, uh, can you top... Tana's six out of ten. No, honestly, because I, you've I've gone kind of, way past Tana. You've gone just no, the no. end of the spectrum. Twelve out definitely of ten. not. <laughs> definitely not. No, I, I agree with Tanner. Like I've been sitting here flip flopping back and forth. You know, it's it's better than a five. It's not better than a seven. I could generally, just based off of the main event, give it a six, but I don't think I could go as high as a seven. So I think, that honestly, the 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 main event is what saved this pay per view mm-hmm. completely. Um, so definitely, I'm, I'm definitely in Tanner's corner on this one. Shocking, I know, but six and a half out of ten, I'm yeah, going I mean, to agree. I mean, Matt, I've ragged on this pay per view, uh, and it, a lot of it is for for um, entertainment and and comedic effect 
Uh, there are positives on the this show. I think the promo work of uh, of uh, Stone Cold in in, in that in ring segment uh, really shows where we're heading with with that character. Owen and the Bulldog were really impressive, and I, I can't wait to see what happens there. The main event is um, is is really good. I mean. It's better than this show ever deserved. Um, so there are uh, there are definitely positives here, and the fact that it's less than two hours, uh, it's a nice, it's a breeze uh, in terms of of, of, of uh, time uh, to to watch this. So I'm I'm I think I'm incredibly more middle of the road than than you two. I'm I'm certainly not leaning towards giving it um, a six, but I think a five. A five out of ten. Uh, this is as middle of the road of a pay per view that you are going to get. It's not overly offensive uh, in terms of giving it a dud rating, but it's certainly not uh, good enough that I would I would happily go and watch this again had I not been uh, forced to for the sake of this podcast. Fair enough, Mags. <laughs> so um, next week's show, we are back to the the raw. Uh, block tapings uh, from Hershey, Pennsylvania on the, the the raw from the 23rd of September, Tanner. That is the 23rd of September, 1996. <laughs> Just so we're all aware that yeah. it's the 23rd, um, yeah. where we will get the end of the, uh, the Intercontinental title uh, tournament and we will finally see a new champion. And we also get Bulldog and, and Owen in a match against the Body Donners. And we get uh, the Stalker, who is someone who uh, we've really missed. But more importantly, we're going to see Kevin Nash and Scott Hall back in the WWF. So Will you, though? Will you? Are you calling yeah. Jim Ross a fucking liar? Because no. he's not a liar, God damn it. He didn't say Kevin Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall were coming back. He said Diesel and Razor were coming back. Well, we we will see on next week's episode, and you will certainly hear whether he he fulfills that promise. Uh, unfortunately, I think, Tanner, you'll be taking the lead on that one as well, so that'll yes. be fun. Exploding into the universe with <laughs> vitriol and hatred. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So let's uh, let's wrap it up, guys. Let's uh, give the socials and get on out of here. Uh, Tanner, where can uh, the people find you and your uh, amazing, amazing content? Oh well, thank you, Mags. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I only say that because I'm involved in in a lot of that content. Yeah, you, yeah you're, you're you're like fifty percent of my content. So. <laughs> um. But yet, I'm the draw. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I was going to thank you for the intro, and then I got this. Uh, it was a very kind introduction, Mags. Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore. Uh, you can give me a follow there. That's my my personal account. Um, you can hit me up there. That's cool. We, we, could, you, we could, you could message me, and I might message you back. It could be a thing. Or you could or, be friends. You could be you friends. Could be friends. You could make a friend with me. I'm not mm-hmm. that bad of a guy, I promise. Um, or if you're just strictly about the content, and, and I wouldn't blame you if you were, uh, you can simply follow uh, the Radio Techers Twitter account. That's R A D I O T E K 
T-E-K-K-E-R-S. What is Radio Techers, you might ask? Well, what we do is we, we do Premier League football, MMA, and pro wrestling action, as well as uh, other special events that might happen yeah, sporadically. You know, we, we're, we've talked about dabbling into other things. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but yes, if you are into Premier League football, just any kind of football, really, except for NFL football, uh, and, uh, you know, a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of MMA, come hang out with us over on Radio Techers. We have a whole YouTube and Twitch page that you can find mm-hmm. content. Myself, alongside Mags, and uh, our friends Matt, Chris, Simon, every, everybody. We're, we're, and, may, and maybe by the time this drops, some some new members to the team. Uh, we will see uh, see how that goes. Hopefully so. Hopefully mm-hmm. so. Uh, we just uh, dropped a re- review of uh, SummerSlam last night. My, myself and Chris, not Chris, myself and Mike, uh, Mike Charlotte, a, a friend of mine from back in the day. And uh, Ori was in the chat last night, so was Mags. It was all a good time. So check out uh, mm-hmm. all of that fine content that we offer over on Radio Techers. And Ori, when you're not in in intensive physical therapy from carrying <laughs> the Shaw, uh, Tanner, and myself on your back, how can the the, the good listeners uh, get hold of you and the, the amazing content that you put out? I was going to say something really mean, but I love you guys. I really do. As, as much shit as we all give each other, you know, I do generally like you guys and enjoy your company. Uh, this is really. Generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do. In general. <laughs> In general. Well, on the basis of probability. <laughs> you're all. Despite... And, and it quickly went from love to like. I mean, now it's I generally tolerate you guys. No, I do for, love for you guys. Being something on my, oh, for it being on. something on my schedule every week. I feel no, like it's this all is, right. This is always, I, I was I'm going to say, God damn it. I hate you both. I take it all back. There we go. I take it all back, man. <laughs> no, this is general. This is literally one of my highlights of the week is getting together with you guys Aww. and talking about, you know, raw and these pay-per-views and even before and after the show the stupid banter that we have with each other um i really do enjoy it and i enjoy the interaction that we get um from the guys on twitter the guys and gals and everybody interacting and we really appreciate that um you can find me on twitter twitch instagram and tiktok i'm back on tiktok at ori the draw um uh, haven't really posted anything on tiktok i'm trying to get um i've been bribed uh, hopefully by the time this show comes out, um, I will have it straightened out. But is this um, a legal? Uh, there's a legal situation. Do we need to like? No, I don't you? need. No, we don't need, need to call Clarence, Clarence Mason. Mason. No, I don't need Clarence Mason. It's it's good bribery. Um, we've been in our house ten years, and our bedroom is a hot mess. Mm. And um, my husband bribed me that if I would get things clean and organized and looking nice, mm. that he would help me set up a, an actual streaming studio. So I've gotten it probably 98% done. I I have a few little things here and there that I need to do. Um, But we found an L-shaped desk the other day on lightning deals for Amazon. And so that is on its way and should hopefully be set up by um, our next recording. And so you'll get to see, you know, obviously the people at home won't get to see. But you guys will get to see more than just the back of my hallway and and the back of my bedroom i'll have things set up similar to mags and tanner with these nice setups in the back 
something nice to look at. Shout out to that the the time when Tanner put a, a virtual background on on his screen and it looked like uh, he was he was essentially <laughs> squatting. Uh, that, was, yeah. that was fun times. So, but but I'll I'll have an, an actual nice background. I've got some posters and different things, and um, so yeah, we'll have a, so a be better a professional. Podcast yeah, then. yeah. I want to. I really. I want to lean into this. I'm really enjoying it. I want to do more po- podcasting. I want to do more, um, you know, shows and interactions. And I, I want to do Twitch more often and and have people come hang out and enjoy what they see, other than just me and my cluttered bedroom. You know, even though it will be decluttered by then, I want I want something nice, and so we've got some stuff in the works, and uh, hopefully, as you know, once this recording drops, it'll be all set up and good to go, and then I'll be back up on Twitch. Right now, I'm just doing watch-alongs um, of different shows, typically just Dynamite and Rampage. Um, although I could be, you know, persuaded to do watch-alongs for other things, um, but yeah. Just kind of doing, yeah, yeah some, I could watch some of the things. I, wa- I did watch SummerSlam last night, and I am planning on watching NXT TakeOver tonight. So we shall see how that goes. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, as for me, for thanks for, for introducing it. You, normally you didn't for give Tana. me a chance. You, normally you gave Tana. no one a chance. I know chance. how the land lies. Uh, firstly, um, uh, I got your back, Tanner. Ori, uh, Ori alluded to, to how much we kind of uh, vibe and, and we appreciate everybody on, on social media and all the people who get involved in this show. Um, it's amazing the fact that so many people have really uh, taken this this little kind of personal project of ours to their hearts and uh, we're, we're getting uh, lots and lots of great feedback. And you can add to that feedback if you wish by following uh, the podcast account on Twitter at ACIA podcast, or if you want to go long form with your your uh, thoughts and opinions on the shows, you can certainly fire us over an email at a changing attitude podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll certainly uh, uh, read your comments and maybe even uh, get them out on a broadcast. Who knows what uh, what could come of that? But uh, uh, for me personally, you can follow me at uh, Podfather Mags. I am all over the show here at Chairshot. Uh, with uh, five rounds and with uh, the the midweek mainstay show with my good friend uh, Ray Cash, I am also heavily involved with uh, this amazing project over at Radio Tech. As uh, we're doing some uh, really cool stuff over there, I've got a lot of irons in the fire, and we uh, we're quickly building uh, a good following there and lots of lots of uh, entertaining content over there for you to to get involved with. So definitely go and check that out. Uh, but uh, that's it from us. Uh, tune next week to uh, find out who the new intercontinental champion is and to find out if Kevin Nash and Scott Hall do show up on Raw uh, that's uh, all from, from us though uh, so from everyone here at uh, Chairshot remember that you must always use your head bye bye do you want to wave this week Tanner no <laughs> There it is. See you later, guys. Oh, 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 the chairshot.com. Always use your head. Yeah. <sighs>
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.